0: Last night, a vision. I saw a world full of people. Everybody was dancing and screaming loud. They were just there to listen to the music. It was deep. It was underground. Let's turn the world into a dance floor. Are you guys ready for a state of trance? Put your hands in
1: the air, come on!
0: This is a State of Trance podcast. And normally I would say, welcome to a 10 questions podcast, but it has changed a little bit. Now it's the State of Trends podcast, which means that we have a little bit more space to talk about uh, the albums or releases that the guests are bringing along into the studio. And this week we have None Other Than Factor B. It's good to be here again, brother. And we have some music that we are going to play on this podcast. We will talk about the new album, which is called Theater of the Mind. It's out right now. And of course, we have a couple of your questions that you submitted through social media. So, that's it, that's the introduction. First of all, welcome, thank you so much for being here in the studio. Always a pleasure, my man. And here it is, Theater of the Mind. You teased some of the tracks already last year in September when you were here in the studio. Yeah. You played some IDs, and we were all thinking this album is going to be out in a few weeks or something. <laughs> and here we are, more than a year later, but it's finally here, Theater of the Mind. First of all, Theater of the, Theater of the Mind. Why the album entitled Theater of the Mind?
1: Well, in short, I used to work in the radio industry. Okay. Uh, in the media industry, I used to um, work uh, in the radio space and they often say that radio is theatre of the mind mm-hmm. because you're only listening to it um, and you're kind of, I guess, coming up with the stories or creating whatever vision or sort of whatever it is um, using your imagination that you're hearing um, from the radio. And it's somewhat of a theater in your mind. And I loved when I heard that. And I thought one day if I ever become a musician or a half decent one in in, in that right, um, I'll use it. And thankfully I got given an opportunity to, you know, do music full time and do an album. And I thought, what a great title. I didn't know it was linked to radio because you're right. Mm. Because
0: radio is really, you can create anything. I can start a story right now. I'm walking in a field and then the field has a lot of, flowers and there's some animals and in your mind you start building and building it.
1: Correct. And every person's interpretation of those flowers and that field and whatever is completely different. Mm -hmm. So I love the idea of um, it being a theater in your mind. And that's what we use with the artwork for the album as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a head like what I'm wearing here now um, with all these different colors on it and the different colors represent the different thoughts or ideas or more or less, every different person's interpretation of what the song or sound or something might be mm-hmm. and I love that because that's what music is right it's something different to every person and theater of the mind in my in my understanding of like of it all is how it best represents my music so is
0: it is it something that uh, for example the artwork were you' really involved in doing this from from the beginning on or is it something that you wrote out and you was like hey Create this for
1: me. Yeah, I was actually. So uh, props to my man, Andrew Debbins, um, who does a lot of great work for um, a number of other artists, Solarstone mm-hmm. and alike.
0: Okay. Um
1: We got together. Um, I think it was actually Solarstone who put me through to him. And it's an interesting one. It's like, how do you create something that represents your music visually from scratch? And I always had an idea, theatre of the mind. You can obviously understand it's something to do with your head, something to do with your mind, something mm-hmm. like that. And so we bounced a few ideas back and forth um, and we came up with, uh, he sent me some ideas um, being like heads, different structures, different bits and pieces. And we got a a template of a thing and then we changed it, like manipulated it to what it sort of is now. Mm -hmm. And then the idea was why don't we take all the different um, parts of these little shapes within the head, change the colours of them and then colour coordinate them into how we can split releases and different things. Yeah. And yeah, we ended up, we've worked on it for a while, but um, now when I see the album cover and the visuals that we've created from it, because at the shows, the head is like stagnant and then all the pieces of the head and all the colours, they blow off and create like this cool sort of explosion. Mm -hmm. Seeing how that's come from what we originally started with is just, I'm so proud of it and I'm so... You know, it's not quite Eric Prids yet with the head coming out and, you know, <laughs> coming and rubbing you on the head or whatever it is, someone passing you a drink through a screen. Yeah. But it's, um, you know, on on my level, it's something that I'm really proud of. And we've luckily had the opportunity to run it a few times at a couple of the shows. And just seeing it um, up on the big screens, yeah, it looks amazing. So Andrew Devons, he's been great. Yeah, I think I, rem- I remember well when you uh, launched the brand. I think one of the first...
0: Um, times that you showed it on your socials was when you were supposed to be open to close in San Francisco right yes and that was really a sort of a turning point in your career because you started doing everything yourself yeah your own label also theater of the minds yeah
1: so you do everything by yourself yeah so yeah amazingly like thinking back it was geez it was a year or something ago now San Francisco yeah one and a half it was I yeah. think it was supposed to be I think it was February Ma- or March. March. I think it was March. Yeah. yeah. I so remember. that show for me, that was just, we snuck that in just before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And that was like a, um, that was a game changing event and night for me. Um, a young fella from Melbourne comes over to Europe, starts all this stuff. And then to have the first one in San Francisco, which is almost even further than what it feels like yeah. to be from Melbourne to Amsterdam. And it sold out. Um, and it was just a phenomenal night. Like, I was playing so much new music that I'd never played before. Um, I was doing my first open to close as well. Um, And everything just went like the energy and the vibe and everyone was just like really up for it. And I was really learning my way through like, you know, how to, properly structure such a long set. You can't play bangers from the beginning to the no, end. You have no. to create a story. No, I played, yeah. you know, chilled out stuff for about four minutes, then straight into the 140 <laughs> stuff. <laughs> no, but you're right. So probably for the first two and a half, three hours, because I think it was five hours, I was playing a lot of the Highlander stuff and the mm-hmm. Highlander reworks and slower stuff that I don't normally get the opportunity to play. Um, as you'd know, these days, we only really get maybe hour, hour and a half sometimes yeah. if it's a headlining show. You play show. your bangers and we that's do it. Too, yeah. you come on you busted out and then, you know, happy days. But with this, I got to come in and start to play all this beautiful music that I never really get the chance to play. And it just went down so well. And, um, I was so thrilled with it. My dad came over from Australia. So what? he was over there for it. He was backstage ordering drinks and everything. <laughs> it was, Cause I was obviously up on the decks the whole night. He was just, you know, commandering the backstage. Um, and uh, from that, we then, so that was the launch of the brand mm-hmm. and then the album was going to come after that, but obviously things started to change. So the concept is Theatre of the Mind, the label, where I release my album and my singles. Um, we were talking about earlier, there's been a real shift in the music industry, I feel, for people to take more opportunities and more chances, I guess, going independent. Yeah. Um. So you have
0: more freedom in what you're doing. Yeah,
1: yeah. there's more freedom and also, you know, there's, the connectivity we get these days through social media and, and various other platforms that can help you reach people with your music. Labels are still very, very important, but if you are gathering momentum in your career and you want to take that leap, I think it's a great time to try that because Mm -hmm. with how it all works, you only have to sort of achieve, you know, a portion of what you do outside, uh, sorry, that you do with labels to sort of get the same result, whether it be financial sense or, you know, um, reach sense or whatever. Yeah. So the opportunity for me, I looked at it and I thought, this is a really good opportunity for me to tie in the theatre of the mind shows, do my own label where I could release my own music. But mostly when you release music on your own label, you keep the rights to it wholly, Mm -hmm. which means then you can produce your own CDs, you can produce your own vinyls, um, you can... You know, commission remixes, and you have full scope over it, which is a wonderful thing in today's day and age because music is very transactional at times. Yeah. The shelf life's a lot different, so if you've got ownership of it, um, you can do a lot more stuff with it in the long term. But that's not to say that established labels that have been around for decades—it's a different—it's a different, ge- different ballgame. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I really enjoyed taking that on as well, and I did that. What? sort of pushed that as well was COVID. So a lot of artists, obviously we lost our tour schedules and all that. So focusing in on something like the label Mm -hmm. and learning my way through it, you know, basically just going balls deep into contracts. Yeah. And learning the back end. I actually really enjoyed it. And it made me understand a lot of things um, a lot better. Mm -hmm. And um, so far it's been, it's been incredible success and I'm just so lucky and thankful and appreciative that of all the people who have followed my music and, and that who have gone and bought the vinyls and gone and bought the CDs and, and made everything such a, you know, a success for me with the launch of this album. And now- When you um, took that step, were you um,
0: afraid of what was going to come? Because you were maybe, because printing in vinyl or CDs, that's a serious investment. Correct. Yep. Did you have the the feeling like, I will never sell these vinyls. What am I doing?
1: Oh yeah. I shat myself all the time. Yeah. I mean, like you think, I mean, it's, it's a really difficult one because you have to have this belief that you're going to sell enough of them to cover the cost, And that's how I looked at it. Mm-hmm. I sort of looked at it and I went, right, if I can sell, I did all the numbers on it. And I said, if, if, if I can sell this amount of product and break even, then I'm, Thrilled yeah. because then I get my vinyl. You I get have your products CD, for yourself. I've got yeah. my products, I've got yeah. everything, and I'm thrilled. Um, and then, yeah, when it all got launched, it basically just went sold out. We had to go and press more vinyls. And I'm like, wow, like this is incredible. Like people actually, you know, care more than what you think or maybe than what you see or read just on the socials. And it just goes to show that music these days, I mean, and I suppose forever it goes far and wide and you don't always know how much people are listening or how much they love your stuff. So you give them an opportunity to buy into something that you're doing and you get a really good, um, I suppose, mirror back of of what you're doing musically for people.
0: I think nowadays, um, I could be wrong, but this is how I see it. Nowadays, it feels that vinyl or CD is more collectible than an actual thing that people are listening to because what I do, I told you before I bought the Craig Conley's new uh, album on the vinyl. Yep. Uh, Above and Beyond, Men of the Young, I bought those vinyls yep. as well. And the funny thing is they are all still in the wrapper. Yeah. They're, st- they're in my closet <laughs> yeah. like an old-fashioned NFT sitting <laughs> yeah. there because you listen to the music on your computer but I still want to have these copies also to support artists. Absolutely. Because selling one vinyl creates m- more money than a thousand streams
1: or... 2,000, 3,000 streams. Absolutely. And the thing is, it's actually, it's put artists in a position where they can continue to be artists, especially during COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, The resurgence in vinyl has been phenomenal for artists who have been willing to make the investment and, You know, taking a bit of a risk and saying, "Well, I'm going to outlay this money to, you know, produce these vinyls." I'm going through at the moment. Been waiting like six months for my vinyls, and everyone's like, "We want the vinyls!" Because I think vinyl sales are two thousand percent off or something. It's it's unbelievable. So it's really given artists who are willing to sort of take that step, or labels who are willing to take that step for their artists, an opportunity to earn some some decent income whilst there's no shows. And I'd go as far as it saved a lot of people's um, careers or certainly kept us For sure. above water.
0: The funny thing is that I know that a lot of people are on, would only press three, 400 vinyls and sell those and make more money on an album than you would ever do with streams. Yeah. Yeah. It's mind blowing, to be honest.
1: It's a really, really interesting. I think it's a hot topic in music at the moment. I That's see That's why we're touching base right now on this. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of discussion about Spotify. I mean, Spotify has been incredible for the music industry, like getting your music out and sharing and mm-hmm. stuff. But for sure, I also feel like it's it's devalued a lot of music as well. Um, I openly use Spotify and enjoy it. Um, All the time. But I can Me just too. go on there and find artists and I can listen to it and I can get my fix of, oh, I love that song. Mm-hmm. And I literally know from being an artist, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, he just made 0.0041 of a cent. And I'm like, oh, I've done my good deed for the day, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But that's really what it is. And I think a lot of people don't understand that it's so low for artists. Um, but then when they go and buy a vinyl, what they should know now, anyone that's listening or watching, like that, really supports an artist. You buy a CD, that really supports an artist. There's more money. you have something
0: also, if you're a consumer,
1: you have something tangible. Exactly. Even if it's not something that you listen to. Hilariously, just yesterday- um, There's so much love in a product like that. (laughs) Exactly. But I was asking myself, like, who's got a CD player these days? (laughs) No. Not even in the car anymore. (laughs) We sold like uh, 500 plus CDs already and um, the CD production company is like, all right, so we'll send you all the images, you burn them, have a list, and if you're happy with all the mastery Ow. and that. And I'm like, what? Uh, w- I don't have a CD player. The funny <laughs> like, thing is that one. even, like, uh, <laughs> even the, the
0: new Pioneers, the 3000s, don't have a, a CD insert oh, really? anymore. really?
1: No. no. Oh. Yeah, right. You can't even access the ones well, here. Well,
0: these, 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 these still have it, but it, that has been there for five years and no one has asked ever to put
1: in a city. Well I don't ever. think you can because they're lowered in, so you'd have to actually pull Yeah, them. but no one even asked. Yeah, about right. It. So that's that's the, actually really interesting, yeah. isn't it? So I had to <laughs> So I had to ask the production company, I said, can you guys just burn it? I mean you obviously do that for a living. Can you just burn one and send it to me? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we can do that.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sign well,
1: of the times though, eh?
0: Okay, let's uh, circle back because you already touched uh, base on this a little bit, that you have a new alias called Highlander. Yes. Because Initially, I thought the album is going to be a Factor B album. There's only going to be Factor B uh, songs on it. And then I saw last week when you posted a track list, I was like, hey, it's two albums basically yeah. because it's also Highlander.
1: Correct. What's the main difference between them besides BPMs? Um. So the best way to describe Highlander is um, my experimental alias. Whereas I make music that's definitely of a different tempo. So generally much slower. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more, what's the best way to describe it? It's more I'm when I'm going into a project or making something, I'm less thinking about this being on uh, the main stage at XYZ show. I'm more thinking about this is just music that I want to listen to or people can listen to when it's not related to the club. Because fact to be- The, B the is, best
0: way to describe it is to play short bits. I can right. play you a short yeah. bit. Sh- Shorts. us. I think the best way to tell about something like this is actually this tune. I agree. So what can you tell about this?
1: So this one's called Fading Into You. Mm -hmm. And it's a really great representation of the diversity of the Highlander alias, because as you can hear, it's breakbeat, it's slowed down, but there's trancy elements in it. It's got a lot of emotion. It's got a lot of um, euphoria about it, but... It's not a club track, mm-hmm. but it's a track and the style of music that I would like to listen to when I'm not making club music or yeah. when I'm not planning sets and, and you know, because you listen to a lot of uplifting stuff when you're an uh, uplifting DJ mm-hmm. or producer, um, whereas now the Highlander stuff, especially during COVID, is filled a void for me where I still want to make all this music that's emotional and um, meaningful and intricate, but I don't necessarily always want to go into the studio and, and slam out heavy bass lines and, and big buildups and mm-hmm. all, all that. So this is a really good representation of how I take all the things I love about my factor B. And this is how I best describe Highlander is it's all the things you'd love about factor B just slowed down and more musical in a sense, more orchestral, more organic, Um I've still got tracks like um, one that you're aware of, uh, I Want You. I Want You, I love that one. Which is, yeah. it's still a clubby track, but it's slowed down. It's got housey elements in it. It's got lots but it's of, so much energy in it. In it. Yeah, yeah, but then it, when it builds and drops, it's got fat kick, fat mm-hmm. bass line. So there is still stuff that's clubby and trancey. Mm hmm. But the if you look at it with the through the lens of, it's more of an experimental alias. So you'll get tracks like that mm-hmm. and you'll get tracks like I Want You. Mm-hmm. So it's all around the spectrum. Whereas the Factor B side is what you'd love and expect from me if you're a fan of my uplifting stuff. Awesome. I'm
0: going to go to some questions that came in actually. Um, Elena69 wants to know, how long have you been working on the album and what is your favorite track taken from it? <sighs>
1: I mean, most people say, oh, I've been working on this album my whole life for (laughs) 35 years or whatever it is. I mean, the truth is I started the idea of it like two years ago. I started debuting a few of the tracks that I wanted on the album a few years ago. COVID's made things a bit complicated. I was in Australia for a while and that um, backtracked all my timings, I had to push things back. Like before I went to Australia, everything was on track to be released um, in July. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I was over there for an extended period of time, I had to knock everything back. So really the timeline for me is I've probably been working on it for about a year and a half, two years. Um, and also for all you first album writers listening or watching, doing a double album of twenty tracks—it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work. Um, I'm super proud and so happy of, of how it's come out. Um, but about halfway through it, I'm like, don't know if I'll do a double album again. <laughs> 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 and uh, another question
0: that uh, that I had that I had as well, because uh, let me see if I can find Alice Ceylon wants to know who's your uh, favorite trance singer because you've been working on this album as well, with basically the same two singers from the start of your career, Kat yeah. Martin and Ariel Marin. Yep. Yeah. That's what I say. Right? Ariel, yeah. Ariel yeah. Man- yeah. Marin, yeah. Um, why did you stick to those two singers? And is there any other singers in the future
1: that would you would love to work with? Sure. Um, well, Kat Martin, uh, for me, we've had great success with our music in the past, but I just, I feel that she is just something different. Like her voice is very different. She's very, um, it's very unique, very unique. And there's something beautiful about it in a sense of like, it's very, she, she, all of her vocals sort of work in a certain range. And I think for trance, it's got, she's got like a real old school, like uh, above and beyond sort of feel Mm -hmm. to the way she, she writes her, her songs. So I've loved working with her and will continue to. And I'm of the opinion that like anything in music, if something's working well with the way you produce True. everything, keep working with, with it. I mean, it's yeah. always important to diversify, but Above and Beyond a great example. They've been working with the same vocalists for decades. Yeah, they yeah. have new ones come in and out, but it works for them and it becomes a familiar sound yeah. and you become familiar with how to work with it as a producer. So I love that about Kat. Ariel, um, as... Talking about the Highlander stuff, I listened to a lot of Silk, Um, Silk, it used to be called Silk Royal, but it's called Silk Mon- Monster Monica Cat Silk, now. Yeah. Um, she made an album with uh, Vintage Morelli. Vintage Morelli, yeah. who's just such an incredible producer. Um, And I got to know Marco and Ar- Ariel and um, I was like, look, I know you do all your sort of more progressive stuff and all this, but I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> fancy um, fancy working on Calabra. something with, with me. She's like, sure, send, send something over. So I sent her over the demo uh, for "Connected," and mm-hmm. it was basically a fin- like it was a finished um, melody. It was basically a finished track, and I said, "Look, have a dip at this." I said, "I'm pretty happy with it, just with the melody, but if you if you feel you can put something on top of this, um, then I'd love to hear it." And she's like, "Sure, I'll, I'll come back to you." Mm-hmm. A week later, she came back with "Connected," and I damn near fell off my seat. I was just like, "This is one of the best vocals I've ever." come across in like for me personally, I'm like, this is unbelievable. So we went back and forth over it for a few um, a few weeks working on some lyrics and some other little parts that we wanted to um, tidy up. And um, I was just like, this is great. It's so good to have a vision of how you want a track to be and mm-hmm. then for a vocalist to, to have a similar interpretation mm-hmm. or vision with it. So based on those two alone, I then went, right, well, with the album – I want to work with them because we know how each other work, everything's simple. Um, being my own label as well, I wanted them to have confidence that it was me that they were working with and everything would work out contractually and all that, which they were absolutely phenomenal with. And, yeah, we've got Connected with Ariel and we've also got Beacon of Light with Ariel and then Vacancy and Move Mountains with Cat, which are two absolute rippers. And then a new vocalist I've been working with called Susie Ledge, who is mm-hmm. phenomenal as well. And we were talking about, I originally did a remix for, um, can I announce it? I'm not sure. I did a remix for a track on Subculture where she's done the vocals, which will be out at some point in the future. And I reached out to her and I said to her, "Um, I love your vocals on this track. If there's anything else you're working on or want to float some ideas past me, I'd, um, I'd love to hear from you. And she goes, well, actually there's something really different I've been working on. And it's not really uplifting, but it's more sort of like experimental, down tempo. And I'm just like, Bing. <laughs> All right, send it over. That that fits the mold. And she sent me over the demo for Don't Hide. Blew me off my seat. I was like, this is so great. And I wrote a bit of a a demo for it. She changed some things around on it. And so now looking at the album, there's only three vocalists on it. And I kind of like that because it's not you know, it doesn't change too much. It's sort of like there's a feeling about how the tracks sound and, you know, vocalist is ultimately an instrument and yeah. you've got that same instrument throughout the album creates um, continuity in the album and a feeling that I want to create with the album. So those three vocalists have just been phenomenal and a big shout out to them. They've been amazing to work with and um, yeah, really excited for what we can do in the future as well. Awesome. And there are some other collaboration
0: as well because I want to touch base on... Well, you worked with Mr. Subculture himself, John O'Kellan. Yeah. And I know that in the beginning, I, I mentioned this on the show as well, you were supposed to only release this one on a vinyl. So I, at that moment, I was like, okay, now I need to buy that
1: vinyl because I want to hear that song. Luckily, <laughs> yeah. okay, I've heard it on, on air now. How did that come about? Well, you know, John had been begging me to do a, uh, a track with him for years. And I was like, come on, John. Like, <laughs> come on, man, I'm busy. I've got a lot on. No, um, John's obviously, you know, an absolute icon and trance lord. Um, and super uh, nice guys. Well. Yeah. Super nice guy. And since we'd been on the road touring a lot with each other, we've got to know each other and have similar interests with stuff. And we just, yeah, we've become quite good mates. Um, especially during COVID talking a lot, just, you know, just catching up and shoot, shooting the, the crap a bit, which is, which is nice. And that's what a lot of artists have done over COVID as well. So yeah. enjoyed that. But, um, I said to him, look, for the album, um, would you be interested in doing a collaboration? And he was well up for it, which I was hugely appreciative of. Um, And then, yeah, so we started writing the track called The Oath and I said to him, look, John, when I'm doing collab with someone, I've only got two stipulations. It's got to be really long and a giant breakdown. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, okay. So... (laughs) So so with this one, and just to clear up, so the vinyl is going to feature the original mix, right? Mm-hmm. It's the only place you'll be able to get the original mix. Um, sorry, the only place you'll be able to get it on vinyl, it'll be the original mix. And that's got like a two-minute intro. So strings, the, the extended is stuff. only on the vinyl. Yeah. So that's, um, it's like a 10-minute track. And that'll be the only time it ever gets pressed to vinyl. So if you ever want the... John and Factor B track on vinyl, this is your only chance to get it. We're gonna be releasing two weeks when after the album release is gonna be on YouTube. (laughs) Yes, but we have we have a a huge team of lawyers and people behind the scenes working to bring those down. So if you're out there thinking about it, don't do it for you. (laughs) Um so yeah, so that will be on the vinyl, but then we're gonna be releasing the club version of that digitally. Um, on Subculture, which has got the intro, the outro. And I think we've shortened it from 10 minutes to 9 minutes 51, I think. So, yeah. So for all the DJs out there, that one, the DJ friendly version. <laughs> 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 all right. Let's
0: grab another question. Um, Ellie wheels, important one because we talked about this as well. Will the moustache become a permanent fixture?
1: <laughs> Every, you know what? My beautiful partner always asks me about this. When are you going to get rid of it? And I said, every time someone asked me to get rid of it, it's another week. Stays on for another week. Really? Yeah. No, not really. I just, to be honest, really? last time I was in here, I had a moustache and, yeah. you, and you said that it looked terrible. So I thought I'd grow one for this time just as well. Just honest to you, man. <laughs> yeah. My girlfriend stopped talking to me when I grow it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to read between the lines. I'm not getting the message, but- yeah, if you can't laugh at yourself, then who that, can you laugh at? That is
0: true. That, that, that <laughs> is true, actually. Um, B, another question from a listener.
1: Any collaborations coming soon?
0: Well, you finished this album, but there's more in the make,
1: I guess. Yeah, look, besides these ones, um, I'm already working with a couple of the vocalists on some future stuff. Um, I'm also uh, looking to go more into some collaborations on the Highlander stuff. Um, which still in the talks and works with with a, a couple of people. But that's really interesting to me moving forward because there's so much of this music going to come out and be around for a while mm-hmm. uh, moving forward. I kind of want to do something a little bit different for a, a little bit um, in terms of like, you know, there'll be so many Factor B tracks out that creatively it's nice to sometimes move away for a, a little bit and then come back. Um, and, yeah, yeah. Um, Aside from that... You haven't answered
0: my question at all. What was the question? Who, now, who are you working with? Are we still talking <laughs> about the mustache? or um,
1: Who Who am I? Well, I'm working. Or do you have
0: anyone... Like, that's also a question uh, of, of uh, coming from Transcyclopedia. Who... Mm. What is your dream
1: collab? Maybe you can combine these two questions together. Okay. Well, I'm talking with uh, Vintage Morelli at the moment about a collaboration with Highlander, even a little Perfect bit of a fit, mini yeah. project yeah. that's something we, we we can work on. He's such a phenomenal producer mm-hmm. and he's made stuff that's been sort of club banging on and Juna, but then he makes down tempo stuff. Um, and I feel like there's a really good energy between Ariel himself, uh, sorry, myself and himself. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, so we're already talking about a couple of ideas that we might be able to bring to the table, which will be fun. Um, I always get asked that when I come in the dream collaboration. I think you know the more I've thought about it, I think it'd be awesome to do a collaboration with Paul Oakenfold, really? just because I want to sit in the studio with him for a couple of hours and drink whiskey and hear him say some incredible oh, you must stories. Have so much stories, I know, right? I mean, the the track I'm sure would be absolute dog crap because we wouldn't do anything; we'd just sit there and talk <laughs> and drink and have a great time. Um, but that'd be a great one. I'd love to do one with him because
0: he's a. It's possible, he's a, I guess. Alex on the Popov, we just played it on the show last week, made a new track with him as well.
1: Well, there you go. Paul, if you're listening, I'm ready. Wherever he's you are. Ready. Where does he live? He in the probably US in, now. Probably in, in, in LA, my yeah, guess. i love to. He's played a few of my tracks over the time, Paul, which has been amazing. Um, but yeah, if you're looking to make a uplifting trance track with a giant breakdown, <laughs> then I'm your man. <laughs> um, so I'd say, Paul, I can fold. And then. Um, of Armin, of course. Like the person who really introduced me into like like proper trance nights, events, and whatever, it'd be phenomenal. And well, I was maybe
0: doing- maybe for the because he mentioned that the, the state of trance forever concept is a thing that will never stop. So right. there's gonna be more collaboration in the future. Hence the name forever. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Now go back to your album Theater of, the, Theater of the Mind because I remember well last year when you were here for the guest mix. You played a couple of IDs. Mm-hmm. And the opening track, I think you have it queued up right now. I do. Was one of the one of the tunes that people were like going wild. Let's have a listen yeah. to it real quick. He walks through this. the CDJs DJs right now. There you go. And the funny thing is that there's actually a a listener that submitted a question about that uh, from Big O uh, CB71. Hi from Bilbao. What is the name of the first ID you played at State of Trends 974? That's the episode we talked about last, uh, well earlier in this podcast. So you can finally share this. It is. It's called Sea of Thoughts. Sea of Thoughts. That's very deep.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Is that a pun? Like Sea of Thoughts? Maybe. Well, it is... um, it was if you listen to the version on the album um there's actually sounds of water and all sorts of sort of little bits and pieces like that that are meant to um, embody water and yeah. a sea of thoughts and that um and i also it i it i guess it rose to fame on my canal boat cruise uh, boat cruise my canal it <laughs> was like a yeah, really tune you did re- yeah, yeah, yeah really um, i closed uh, my original Highlander set on um, the boat on the Amsterdam canals with it. Mm-hmm. And it just exploded. And I was like, I knew as a producer. You know. You kind of know when a yeah. track is 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 going to be good, I guess, and people are going to love it. I knew when I was, I'd showed it to a few people and they're like, wow, this is great. And I'm like, oh, great. I got the first track for the album done. Um, but then when I played it out a few times, I was like, no matter what post I make or whatever I do on social media, Always everyone's like, what's right. the name of that track? What's yeah. that track with the closing one? The- and then I've started to use um, some intro uh, voices over the top. Um, and there's one, uh, I think it's Gerhard Tolly or I've forgotten his first name. I think it's Gerhard Tolley where he talks about how people are addicted to thinking mm-hmm. And it's actually like a disease that you overthink things and everything we do, we think about stuff. And that's like what Sea of Thoughts is. It's like you're so engulfed in all these thoughts and things that are happening in your life. And that's sort of what the Arpeggiated Melody is meant to be about. It's this ongoing sort of like beautiful rhythm of stuff that you kind of just get lost in all your thoughts because you're thinking all the time. Um, So then... Once I started playing that out with that sample at the start, people started calling it the thinking track. What's the thinking track? <laughs> Brendan, tell us what the name of the thinking track. Um, well, there
0: you go. It's Sea of Thoughts. Yeah, there's a, because the funny thing is I have about, well, 20 questions here. And the and another one, Boy 70 wants to know, what are the names of the tracks you played uh, last time you were here at the State of Trends. Well, that's the same track. That's it. So a lot of people were asking about this. Yeah. That means, uh, for me, it really defines... Personally, for uh, coming out of the lockdowns or in between the lockdowns, because you were one of the first guests we had in the studio again yeah. after not having guests for a long time, and you played just sat here. And yeah. I remember also the reaction listening to the show. I was like, "Holy shit! This yeah. is this is euphoria, like yeah. goosebumps." So yeah. yeah, tip of the hat for that one, and also for Thank the rest you. of the album. Um, Thanks. Yeah, let's. Um, Let's uh, close it off with uh, with this one. I want to thank you for answering all these questions, also from the from the people that submitted them. My pleasure. Um, Theater of the Mind. It's out now. Beautiful album. It's available on CD and also on vinyl. It's sold out, I think, but yes. maybe some represses. We've
1: we've added some extra on there because we sold out. And once we announced that the John O'Callaghan track was on the vinyl, Sea of Thoughts is on the vinyl. Um, yeah, people have been uh, yeah hugely responsive to it. You can buy them on my Bandcamp page, um, Which as is? we were talking about before, Bandcamp slash Factor B, okay. um, or just check out any of my socials and the links are on there. Um, obviously, it's available on Spotify and Beatport and all that stuff, but if you want to support the artists out there, jump onto Bandcamp. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm just happy that people are, you know, enjoying what I'm doing and allowing me to keep doing what I'm doing. And, yeah, it's um, – it's, it's a privilege a lot of the time to be able to do, do this stuff. So I'm very grateful for it. And anyone that supported me, a huge thank you. And um, hopefully I can keep delivering music that you enjoy. I hope so too, man. We uh,
0: we certainly need your music for this radio show as well. So thank you so much once again for being here. Pleasure. And thank you so much for joining this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the new format. Um, let us know, send a message or leave a comment here on YouTube or Instagram. And next time we're going to have uh, another talent here, just recently started their new project, Garden State. So, Marcus Schuster is going to be in the studio answering some of your questions and also some of my questions, luckily. So, see you next time. Bye bye. Thanks
1: for tuning in. To check full episodes of A State of Trance for free, for free. simply visit ArminRadio.com.
0: A State of Trance returns next week.